0: Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions.
1: Hello friends and welcome back. I have a question for you. Have you ever experienced a time where you didn't realize that God was working in the background up until the moment you see the fruit of His work? Kira had such an experience. Listen to how God was working in the hearts of the people and made them ready to receive the Word of God. Kira was a tool for God's great plan. She didn't see God working, but she knew God was working behind the scenes when it was time for her to witness. Here is her
2: story. Hi, my name is Kara Greenfield and I served on the Penang Project in Mundalkiri, Cambodia. And today I'm going to tell you a story about some people that we met in one of the first villages that we worked in when we were there. The story is entitled, God is Still at Work. When God impressed us to start a school in our town, we had to decide where to focus our attention. At that time, we were working in two different villages that were in the opposite directions from our home. The school would be in the third location. With only Daniel and me working, it was impossible to keep up with all three places, so we prayed and asked God where we should dedicate our time. After praying, we decided to focus our work on the school and on Punih village, where there was some spiritual interest. We decided to reduce our efforts in Bowen Village, where several years of work had yielded no spiritual interest. Every once in a while, we would make a visit to Bowen Village to keep up contacts, but our visits were less frequent. In January, when I went with a group to work on the school building project, I decided to visit Bowen Village. Since we had been in the States while Daniel recovered from cancer, we have not visited Bowen Village in over a year. We left so quickly the year before that we didn't even have a chance to visit and explain why we were leaving. Early one morning, I put on my jacket and headed to Bowen Village. I parked near the middle of the village and got off my motorbike. It was great to see new developments as I looked around. Many new homes had been built and others had been torn down. I decided to look for Lo Crew. At his family's house, I found his younger sister bathing her child in the cold air. We made small talk and she told me that Liu's daughter, Ng, had been badly burned. I made a note to visit them and see how she was doing. Then I asked her where Lokru was. She told me he was now a teacher at the village school. She sent someone to call him. We went inside the house and sat down. Soon Lokru came in with a big smile on his face. He was excited to see me and asked about Daniel. As we talked about the happenings of the last year, he beamed his bright smile and told me about his baby girl. Soon it was time for him to get back to school to teach, so I walked down the hill to Lou's small house to see Ng. Lou and three of her daughters greeted me when I arrived. Soon they were telling the story of how Ng had fallen asleep on the ground next to the fire. In the night, the smoldering sticks had shifted as the fire burned down. One of the sticks had gotten close enough to Ng's polyester shirt to ignite it. By the time the girl awoke, the whole side of her shirt was on fire and melting onto her skin. She screamed, waking her family. There was little water in the house, but somehow they were able to put the fire out. However, Ing's left side was badly burned. In the morning, they took Ing to the doctor in town. He gave her some medicine and sent her home. The Tylenol he prescribed didn't help the pain much. When I arrived at their house, Ing was sitting on a bench next to the fire with her shirt off, because wearing it was too painful. The group that had come to help build the school had several nurses. I thought it would be a good for them to look at Ng's burns and give their opinion on the best treatment. Wincing, Ng put on a shirt, and then she and Lou got on my motorbike, and we headed back to the school. The nurses quickly took in the situation and began caring for Ng. There were pieces of melted shirt still attached to the wounds. After cleaning the area, they bandaged her entire midsection with white gauze. Then I took Ng and Lu home and told them we would come and change the dressing the next day. The next morning, three nurses and I loaded up and headed out to the village in the truck. When we arrived at Lu's house, I was happy to see all four sisters this time. Kuis had been absent the day before. She gave me a big hug Ingsburn's looked a little better. The nurses cleaned and debrided the wound as they removed the bandages. This, of course, hurt a bit, but it was good for the healing process. Bits of new pink skin could be seen under the debrided areas. Then the nurses bandaged the wounds again. We sat and visited with the family. Queese told me she was getting married in a couple weeks and introduced me to her fiancé. Then she suddenly asked me if I would pray and ask Chief God to help heal her sister. Her other sisters quickly chimed in, begging me to pray. I was surprised by their enthusiasm. We all gathered in a circle and put our hands on Ying. Then I prayed that God would heal her burns. It was exciting to see that Kwees and the others still remember Chief God and wanted his help. Maybe the seeds planted years ago were beginning to germinate. We said our goodbyes and promised to come back two days later to change Ings' dressing. The next time we returned, Ings' wounds had dramatically improved. We could see much more healthy pink skin. This was the last time we dressed her wounds before the group returned to the States, but we felt confident that she would continue healing. In March, I took another group over to work on the school building. I wanted to return to the village to see how Ing's burns had healed. This group had a doctor with them, and I took him and a nurse out to the village with me. We found Ing and her family working in their field. Her burn was completely healed. The doctor had seen pictures of Ing's burns when they were fresh, and he marveled at how well they had healed. God's touch was evident. As we visited in the field, I asked the family if they would like to come and work at my house for a few days, cleaning out the weeds that had taken over our yard while we were gone. They agreed to come and work the next day, if they could find a motorcycle to borrow. The next day, they did not arrive, and I assumed they hadn't found a motorcycle. The day after that was Friday, and they came to work. I left them at the house working and went to attend to the needs of the group that was working on the school. When I returned later that evening they had already gone home. Sabbath morning I was at the school preparing breakfast for the group when one of our student missionaries called to tell me that the ladies had come to work at the house. Oh no, I thought not on Sabbath. I was dreading having to go home and tell them they couldn't work that day. They had borrowed a motorcycle to come and had paid for the fuel too. Because they needed the money I knew they would be disappointed to hear that they couldn't work. As I drove home I wrestled with how to approach the situation prayed, asking God to give me the right words to say. Lou, Quis, and Rian smiled at me as I drove up. I parked the motorbike and walked over and greeted them. I asked them what time they had left work, the day before, and told them I had just missed them. Then I told them I was sorry I hadn't been able to tell them before they left that day that today was the rest day and they couldn't work. I quickly added that they could come back on Sunday. Lou piped up. Oh, it's no trouble for us to work today. I know, I said, but I can't let you work today because Chief God wants us to rest and worship Him today. Right now, I'm heading to church to worship. Then an idea popped into my head. Would you like to come to church and worship with me, I asked. Kweese looked excited. Yes, I want to go, but the other two didn't look so enthusiastic. The three of them talked as I went inside to call SM for church. When I came back, I again asked them if they wanted to go. Kweese said, Rian wants to go back to the village. I could see the disappointment on her face. The servants isn't very long, and there will be other Penang people there, I said. Why don't you come and try it? You can leave if you want to. This seemed to tip the scales, and they agreed to come. Lou got on the back of my motorcycle, and the two others followed on theirs. When we arrived at church, we joined the Khmer Sabbath School. I quickly pointed out a few of the other Penang people sitting near us who had come from Pune village. The girls sat and listened. During the break before church, some of the Penang ladies came and talked with them. Kuis and Rien picked up Mai Children's Quarterly and paged through it, looking at the bright pictures and excitedly recalling stories they had learned years ago from the Penang Bible story books. These two girls were some of the few who could read the books, and they had read them over and over again. I asked them if they still had the books. No, Kuis said, they were ruined and lost. I asked the church planter's wife to give them an extra copy of the quarterly the church service began with lots of music the young children sang a song followed by a song from each of the third and fourth graders from the school i was surprised to see that a majority of each of the classes were present at church and actively participating then the group that came to help at the school sang a special number filled with beautiful harmony Quies leaned over to me very good she exclaimed Kuis and Rien enjoyed the service. They told me they wanted to become Christians, but the village elders would not permit it. At testimony time, I went forward and told about what had happened that morning. I told them that I believed God had worked things out so that Lou and the girls could come to church that morning. Then I publicly welcomed them to church. That Sabbath, our SMs were finishing a 10-week series about the plan of salvation. Bezzy, one of our SMs, was presenting a summary of the last 10 weeks. It was a perfect message for Kuis and Rien. At the end, he asked those who wanted to follow Jesus to stand. Quis and Rien stood up as Bezzy prayed. I marveled at how God had turned a potentially bad situation that morning into such a blessing. Though we have not been actively working in Bowen Village, God has. Though we have pushed to our limits with the work among the Penang, God is still working in the hearts of those we can't minister to on a regular basis. Please continue to pray for Quis and Rien and their mother and sisters. Pray that they will be able to stand for God someday and choose to follow him with all their hearts, despite the village leaders who don't want them to become Christians.
1: We may not always understand God's plan immediately, but we can certainly have faith that his will shall be done. God can use you and me as tools for His plan of salvation to witness to those just at the right time. We just have to be willing and ready for that time. Thank you for listening and make sure to join us again at Frontier Missions Journal.